Hello, hello, and welcome to episode eight. This is the Hello, It's Me, I Am K. Nicole podcast, and I'm your host, K. Nicole. So let's jump into our recap. So what is up with me? Last week, I had my friend Thrice Groove on the show, and we talked about our personal experiences in Atlanta and also just about your mindset, okay? And so we keep going. It was super important to talk about how to stay positive, especially now. So it was a really great episode. If you haven't seen it or heard it, make sure you go ahead and check that out. Yesterday, we did our photo shoot for my one-year anniversary for Smudge, and I am just so excited, you guys. Like, this year has been crazy. So, we are preparing for that. Smudge turns one on November 1st. So, yeah. Make sure you are keeping up with me on my social media to see all of the pictures, all the videos, all the deals, all the sales, all of the new products. We have a lot of stuff happening next month. Um, I've also been preparing for the holiday season, you guys. I already went Christmas shopping, so I'm going to be in the process of decorating my apartment next week, I think, because we are doing Vlogmas over here, okay? So I'm planning holiday content for y'all, so we're doing that. Black Friday is going crazy, so I launched my wholesale Black Friday sale, and that is just going up right now. So I really wanted to make sure that the people that are shopping with me for their wholesale lip gloss are able to have a Black Friday sale for their business, for their customers. So everyone is placing their orders now so that they can have all of the inventory that they need at that time. So shout out to y'all for shopping. Shout out to y'all for supporting me. I am just so honored to be your lip gloss vendor. And Black Friday is going crazy, okay? I love y'all. Um, also planning for Christmas, thinking about my holiday collections and all of the things that I'm going to be doing for this holiday season. So now that we're talking about that, you know, cozy season is available now. My very first um, fall collection for Smudge. I love it. The glosses are everything. Okay. And I am doing um, a donation to breast cancer awareness. So make sure you check out my shade Rosé. That gloss is my breast cancer awareness gloss. So 50% of the proceeds from that gloss specifically are going to be donated. So make sure you pick that one up and support. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you give it a thumbs up. <laughs> make sure you subscribe down below. We are on the road to 20K, you guys. We're almost there. Cannot wait to get there. Make sure you follow me on all of the podcast platforms and also check me out on Apple Podcasts. The podcast is now up on Apple Podcasts. So you can go on there. You can give me a rating. You can give me a review. So make sure you are doing that. What else is going on? I just feel like there's a lot of stuff going on. Like it's so much stuff happening right now. Um, crochet by K. Full effect, you guys. Crochet by K is in full effect. Make sure you are shopping for your fall crochet pieces. We got shags and sweaters, and I'm also going to be um, adding a few new pieces in a couple days, so make sure you stay tuned. I actually just did a collaboration with my friend Amelia, so she got some really, really, really good content for Crochet by K, so I'll be actually posting that today, so by the time you're listening to this, all of this beautiful content is available, so make sure you check that out. Lastly, you guys, make sure you go and vote, okay? Vote early, please vote early. I went ahead and voted. Me and my mom went this week. So make sure you guys are voting. Make sure you are exercising your right. Make sure you are letting your voice be heard. 
All right, so that is it for the recap. So let's go ahead and get into the topic for today. So today we're gonna be talking about shipping and packaging tips. I have been taking all of you guys' feedback. Like you guys have a lot of questions about shipping, a lot of questions about packaging, um, branding, materials, stuff like that. So we're going to talk about it today um, and I'm going to be answering just like a lot of you guys' questions that I've saved over time. So let's go ahead and get into the tea. So the first topic is about packaging. I get a lot of questions about packaging and like business cards and thank you cards and stuff like that. So we are going to talk about that. So what I want you guys to remember is that this is e-commerce, okay? So we're selling things online. We are not doing stuff in person. If you are, that's cool. I was for a time too, but now I am just doing strictly online. So it's really a different experience. Like when you go to a store in person and when you shop online, two different experiences, right? So if you go into a store, say you go into your favorite store, you're going shopping, you're getting items they might be like wrapped up in the store's branding. You're having an interaction with somebody that has been trained to represent this brand. So they're all about the brand. They're giving you the vibe of the brand and everything. So you're having this in-person interaction and that creates an experience. Stores like brick and mortar stores, you guys, they provide experiences in themselves, like the way that they are set up, like the architecture, the way that it smells when you walk in, the way that they have the shelves and everything inside. So they have like created this whole experience for their customers. So when it comes to having an online business, obviously we can't do all of those things because it's not a physical space. This is something that people are having to do online and virtually. So I feel like packaging holds a lot of weight when it comes to your business because all you really have is your website, you have your social media and your packaging. So that's like really what makes up your business. So when it comes to packaging, I think that, you know, clean is the best way to go. Professional and clean looking. Like, this is literally the moment that customers wait for. Like, they browse online, they see something that they like, they add it to their cart. Sometimes people like debate with themselves, like, should I get it or should I not get it? Should I get it? Should I not? And then they finally end up just checking out, right? And then they pay for their stuff and then they have to wait a period of time. However long that period of time is, they have to wait to receive their items. So they're looking forward to that moment when that package arrives on their doorstep and they can open it and finally see, you know, what's going on inside of there. So you definitely don't want to let anyone down when they open up their package. So when it comes to packaging, I definitely recommend choosing something that matches your brand and matches your aesthetic and matches your color scheme and everything. Um, right now, I'm currently using a mix of a few different things. Like for my um, bubble mailers, I'm using holographic bubble mailers. I have black bubble mailers. Then I have rose gold bubble mailers. These are all like colors or hints of colors that are found throughout my business. So it goes with the flow, you know, and it's very sleek. It's very professional looking. So those are the colors that I picked for bubble mailers for me. Um, but whatever you decide, just make sure it's something that goes with your business. Like don't buy orange bubble mailers if orange is not a brand color for you. You want everything to kind of match and be cohesive so that people know, you know, okay, this is, this is coming from this place. So for my individual products right now, I'm using organza bags. Um, you definitely don't want to just throw your products into a bubble mailer. Like that, that's not cute. 
that looks like you didn't put any time or effort into it, okay? And we don't like that. So make sure you are using some kind of secondary packaging for your products, like put it inside of something, whether that's an organza bag, it could be a resealable bag, it could be a box, like I don't know, whatever you're gonna do for your business, make sure you are doing it. Right now, I do have boxes for some of my products and even though I'm putting the gloss inside of a box, I still put the box inside of an organza bag because I just feel weird. Like I feel so crazy about just throwing boxes into the bubble mailers. So whatever you guys wanna do, do it. Um, make sure that everything is closed and neat. So if you're using organza bags, make sure that you actually close the organza bags. Okay. Like it takes two seconds to close a bag. I purchased lip gloss from someone. I got my package and when I opened it, the organza bag was just open. Like I opened it, it was just in there. Like glosses were in there. The bag was not closed. And I'm just looking at it like, dang, like this person couldn't even take two seconds out of their life to close the bag. <laughs> like we're just throwing stuff in the bag and throwing it in the mailer. And for me, that just looks like you're not really taking your time with your packaging. You're not really putting in that extra energy, that extra effort to just close it. Like make sure everything is nice and neat so that when I open it as a customer, I can go in and see my bag and I can get the experience of opening my organza bag. Like I know these are things that some people might not think about, but people enjoy, it's just like Christmas. Like, you know, we wrap things up really nicely because of the fun of like digging into it and opening it. So if you don't have it nice and neat, then I didn't even get to open my organza bag and now I feel some type of way. So just make sure you take your time with it. Make sure you have everything closed, sealed, secured, and neat because your customers are really going to appreciate the little things. I promise you. I promise you. Um, and like I said, I have custom boxes now for a majority of my glosses, but not every single product right now has a box. Like that's something that I'm working on. Um, it's going to take a while because I have a lot of products. I have a lot of different packaging, like everything is a different size. So I'm trying to collect all of the information that I need um, in terms of like how, how big everything is so that I can move forward with ordering boxes. But you don't have to have boxes if you don't feel like that matches with what your brand is. Like, I feel like you should not have to feel pressured into having custom boxes. Like if that's not your jam, that's totally fine. Like if you just want to put your glosses in an organza bag or in one of those cute holographic resealable bags, that's totally up to you. So packaging is also a personal preference as well. So also in my packages, I'm including a thank you note and a business card. And if you ask me, these things are a must, okay? When it comes to an online business, these things are a must. You want to have these marketing materials. You want to entice people to come back to your business. So you definitely need to have a thank you note. And thank you notes are super easy and it's a really nice way to incorporate a discount code for your for your customers. Like. You want to you want you want people to come back, okay? You want people to come back and shop with you. You want them to feel special. You want them to feel like it's worth it, you know, for them to keep coming back. So if you give them a discount code, they might be excited. They might be like, "Ooh, okay, yeah, like let me let me go ahead and go back." Um, you know, these are products, right? So products eventually do run out. Like they don't last forever, but you don't want to wait. Like you don't want 
You don't want people to wait until they fully run out of something to come back. Like you want them to be excited. You want them to come back for more whenever you're dropping new products or anything. Like you want them to be excited to try more of your products. So this is an easy way that you can incorporate that marketing in there. If you have a business card, if you have a thank you note in your packaging, super easy. Okay. Inexpensive, really easy to create. Um, I get my business cards and thank you notes printed at Vistaprint. Devin, Devin's in the building. Devin designed my logo. I get a lot of questions about my logo. Devin created my logo, people. Okay, I told him what I wanted. I gave him the vibes and he made the vision come to life. My business card was also created by Devin. Okay, Devin took the picture. Devin made the business card, Devin made the logo, everything on there, Devin made it. Okay. Um, and my thank you note. So Devin is responsible for all of that. So if you have questions, talk to him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, so I basically, you know, tell him what I'm looking for and he makes it happen. Um, he created all of those things in Photoshop, but if you don't have Photoshop, that's totally fine. Okay. I get a lot of questions about logos. I get a lot of questions about, you know, designing business cards and stuff like that. Listen, I am not good in Photoshop, okay? And that is totally fine. Why do y'all think Devin made the stuff, okay? Because I don't know how to use it like how he knows how to use it. So I, you know, just so happen to have that resource. If you don't have that resource and you don't want to hire somebody to create the materials for you, you can use other platforms that are available. I use Canva.com for all of my needs, okay? All the stuff that I make, like my... um like promotional stuff that I post on Instagram. I use Canva for a lot of the stuff that's on my website, like wholesale stuff, like all the pigments and like I have everything just kind of laid out on the pictures and stuff. I use Canva for all of that, you guys. So you can use Canva if you don't have a lot of graphic design experience and you can just create something that you love. Um, I recommend like when it comes to making your logo and making your business card and thank you notes to make something that is timeless, like make something that you feel like you're going to enjoy for a long period of time because you don't want to keep changing those things. Like you want people to get to know your brand and you want that to be familiar to them. You don't want it to be like, you know, you're constantly switching things up and they're confused about, you know, what is this brand? Like what, what is their image? Like every time I get my package, there's a different picture in here or a different business card or something. You just don't want people to be confused. Um, so yeah, it's super easy, you guys. Just I feel like a lot of y'all might be overthinking the process a little bit, but it's really, really easy. Um, I ended up, we did that photo shoot in one day, y'all. So it was like, we knew what we wanted to do. We got ready. We took the pictures and then we just made all the materials that we needed. And then once they're made, then you can just take that to wherever it is that you want to get them printed, which is totally up to you. Like I said, I use Vistaprint because I've been using Vistaprint for years, like years and years and years. Um, and my mom was using Vistaprint for years and years and years. And she's the one that recommended it to me. So I shop with Vistaprint for those kind of things. I just like the quality and they're pretty fast with the turnaround time as well. All right. So this is the most important thing that I want you guys to remember. Please remember. Okay. Please make sure that there are no typos, you guys. Like no typos, no design errors, no pictures overlapping, no text overlapping, no nothing crazy, okay? 
when you make something, I need you to proofread it, make sure everything is spelled correctly. I need you to look at it and make sure that nothing is cut off the edge or nothing is placed on top of something else. I just feel like this is one of the most unprofessional things and it's something that you have full control over. Like you have control over your design. You have the power to triple check. <laughs> you have the power to get other people to look at it. So definitely take your time with it. Definitely have someone else look at it too to make sure that you didn't miss anything. Because I know for me, like I'll spend hours on my computer making something and sometimes you just are so in it and you're so wrapped up that you don't even realize that it looks bad. Like you just been working on this for so long and you don't even know like, okay, this is not even good at this point. Like you have to have a set of fresh eyes come in and see it and give you honest feedback about what it's looking like. If you have any um, errors or anything, I know I'm super good for that. Like I'm the spell check queen. Like I will tell you if something is spelled wrong. Okay. If you show it to me, I will find the typo. I promise I will. So make sure you have someone else look at it because I just, oh, I can't even like if I, if I, you know, missed something and I got a batch in the mail, like after printing, after paying, after all of that, and I got them in the mail and then realized that there was a typo. I don't even care, y'all. If I ordered a thousand of them, I promise y'all, that would just be an L that I would have to take. Like, I would not send those out to any of y'all. Like, I just would not do that. So I would literally trash all of them, unfortunately. But this can be avoided, okay? Just make sure that everything is spelled correctly. Make sure that nothing is overlapping. Just take your time, basically, is what I'm saying. And then the last thing that I want to talk about um, that I include in my packaging is my smudge sticker. So I put a smudge cosmetic sticker on the back of my bubble mailers and then I put them on the front or the side of my boxes. And I just felt like, you know, I wanted to add a little bit of branding to my packaging. Like I don't have custom boxes because I know you can like get boxes like custom printed with your logo and everything I don't have any of that okay I don't have custom poly mailers or bubble mailers or whatever so I was just like you know I think I can go ahead and just get some stickers and just put those on there and honestly you guys it is really nice like it looks so clean it looks so sleek just how I like it and it's just fun to add your branding to your packaging so that when people get it in the mail they know where it's from. There's no question about where this package is from, okay? Because it's a smudge cosmetic sticker right here. So you already see that when you get your package. Um, and those stickers I get printed at Vistaprint. So like I said, I've been using Vistaprint for years. They do not disappoint. They have really good customer service. So if there's ever an issue on their end, they are quick to correct it. Um, I remember I had an issue when I was doing my, what was it? I think I was doing photography business cards. This was years ago. And when I looked at my proof, you know, everything looked great. It was fine. And then when I got them in the mail, there was like a little box around my logo. And I was like, oh no, this was not in my proof. Okay, so what is going on? But it was an error on their end and they literally overnighted me new business cards and they were perfect. So I got them the very next day, which was super crazy how they made that happen. So they have great customer service. So if you're looking for business cards, thank you notes, stickers, they have a lot of stuff on there. They print t-shirts and bags and postcards and you can do a lot of stuff over there. So if you are interested, make sure you check out Vista Print. So yeah, that's basically packaging in a nutshell, you guys. I have custom boxes. So I make the lip gloss, you know, fill my tubes up, put my logo sticker on there, or if they are printed tubes, then you know, that's it. 
um, put them in my box and then I put them in an organza bag and then I put them in a bubble mailer or inside of a box for wholesale. Wholesale packaging is a little bit different. Um, I use a lot of plastic bags, which also I put a smudge logo sticker on there. Um, my containers, I put a smudge logo sticker on there. And right now, I mean, I'm just trying to make sure all of my stuff is being shipped safely. So I'm like putting in bubble wrap and all kind of stuff. So yeah, we're going to get into some shipping tips now that I'm headed in that direction. Um, a lot of you guys are asking me like, should you have like another address for your return address? Like what should you do if you don't want to put your home address on there? for your return address for privacy reasons, which I can understand. And it's a great question because you definitely want to try to protect your personal information as much as possible. Um, I would recommend a PO box as your return address if you don't have a physical office where you can accept mail or if you don't have a physical location like I do, then I would recommend a PO box. Like right now I have a PO box and I also have a physical location. And at first, once I got my PO box, I was putting my P.O. box as the return address because um, I thought that it was going to be easier that way. Like I've had my physical location since I've been in business. So there was never a point in time where I didn't um, have an alternate address for my return address, but I didn't have a P.O. box when I first started. So when I very first started, the return address was my physical location where I work at. But then once I got a P.O. box, I was like, mm, you know, it might be easier to use the P.O. box because you guys know like mail will go to your P.O. box faster than it'll go to your house or to your office or anything because it's right there at the post office. So I was just thinking, you know, that'll cut down some of the time if um, packages are being sent back or whatever's going on. So I switched it and I used my PO box for a while. And then now I'm back to having my return address to be my physical location. And that's because, um, for international shipping, sometimes some countries and through some mail carriers, they'll require you to have a physical address, like not a PO box. They'll require you to have an actual address for your return address for whatever, for whatever reason. I don't know why that is. I guess they just want to ensure that if a package is being sent back, that is going to a more secure location. Cause I guess, you know, there's nobody really attached to a PO box. Um, so I'm just like, okay, well I'm not about to be switching back and forth between these return addresses. So I just went ahead and switched it back to my physical location address, but definitely don't put your home address. I mean, that's just what I recommend because one, I wouldn't want a bunch of packages being sent to my house. Um, so I feel like an outside location would be best. Um, some people have also asked, you know, should they just not put a return address at all? Like if they don't have an office or they can't afford a PO box right now, I think you definitely need to put a return address like you need that because I have packages that are sent back to me all the time. And this is just because a lot of customers, they will type in their address wrong. You know, they'll forget to put their apartment number or whatever, which I don't understand because me personally, like when I am about to order something online and I am about to check out, like I'm putting my credit card information in, listen, 
I am double and triple checking to make sure that my address is correct, okay? I don't want any issues. I do not want to spend money and never get my package. So I'm always confused about how people are able to check out with the wrong address, just spell their whole address wrong or forget the apartment number or suite number or whatever. Or sometimes they'll check out with Apple Pay and then Apple Pay has a completely old address on there. I'm like, y'all, why is y'all stuff not up to date? Like, I don't understand how that works but it happens all the time these are normal things that happen in business so I always like to make sure that I have a return address on there because in that instance if a package um, is being sent somewhere that it doesn't have the apartment number it's gonna be sent back because it's an insufficient address like they like to call it so it's gonna be returned to you so if there's no return address on there you guys then what are they supposed to do with it they're going to toss it like I don't I don't see what else they could do with it because they don't know where to send it and the place that it was supposed to go to is not the right address so at that point I just feel like you know they they just they won't know what to do so this happens not all the time but I've had a couple of experiences where customers will you know reach out to me um, after I've already sent out a package and they'll just be like, Hey, you know, I forgot to put my apartment number and I'm just like, yay. Okay. Well, your package is going to be sent back to me in that case. So we're going to have to wait until it comes back. <laughs> like we're going to have to wait till it tries to be delivered and then it comes back to me and then I can move forward with the process. Um, and when that happens, you guys, I'm just like, okay, I reach out to the customer if they haven't already reached out to me. And I'm like, yep, I'm going to provide you a link to where you can pay for your shipping again, because I am not responsible for reshipping items due to somebody forgetting their apartment number or due to somebody putting in the completely wrong address. And I have that listed in my policies page on my website because I just feel like, especially as a small business, like if you do everything that you're supposed to do as a business owner when it comes to shipping out somebody's order, you did your part. You know, like it's not my fault that you put the wrong address in, sis. It's not my part that it's not my fault that you forgot to put your apartment number. So Customers are definitely responsible for any reshipping fees on my website because I just feel like that is the right thing to do. But you can see, you definitely, you need to have a return address. It's it's important and you don't want it to be like, you know, they're tossing packages and then your customer still wants their order and then it's like, okay, now you have to make more and it's just, no. It's a whole thing that can be avoided if you have a return address um so yeah I would just say weigh out your options because you know it's definitely going to be beneficial p.o boxes are also not super expensive like how some of you think they are um mine goes through usps and it's just at my regular post office that I go to so highly recommend just doing your research into that I also wanted to talk about um ShipStation. ShipStation is something that I have recently started using again. And as you all know, I use Squarespace for my website, right? So um, Squarespace works with ShipStation, which is like a third party shipping website. And it's really actually convenient. Like when I first started my crochet business, they had me trying ShipStation and um, I had to pay for it every single month, you know? And so I was just like, mm, I don't know if I want to pay for something, if I'm not getting a lot of orders or if it's not going to be worth it, you know? So I was just like, mm, I did the free trial and then I canceled it. And so now I just recently 
um, signed up for the subscription again because I started to research it a little bit more and it seems like now it's just going to be more beneficial for my business. Before I um, started using this again, I was shipping with PayPal and PayPal is just really convenient to be able to, um, you know, print shipping labels right on there. And when customers paid with PayPal, their information was already automatically in there. So the only issue that I was having was there's a lot of people that don't pay with PayPal. And so their information is not in the system, obviously. So I would have to go in and copy and paste all of their information from my website to PayPal in order to print out their shipping labels. So I've been doing that for months, you guys, like months and months and months, like ever since I was in business, I've been doing that because I have not been using ShipStation until this week. So it, I mean, I feel like I don't realize how much time I'm wasting because I've been doing it for so long and I'm kind of used to it. But I really think that it, is a lifesaver to just have all of the shipping addresses already in the system. And all you have to do is add in the weight of the package, the size and all of that stuff. And then it also has a section to where you can save like all of your packaging materials. Like I saved all my bubble mailers and all the dimensions of them. So I don't even have to type that stuff in anymore. With PayPal, I was like typing in all the dimensions of every single package. And that, I mean, I have it memorized like in the back of my head now. So I was going fast with it, but I'm just like, dang, like to not have to think about it. I could just pick black bubble mailer, rose gold bubble mailer, holographic bubble mailer, or I can pick small box, medium box, large box, extra large box. Like all the dimensions are already saved there y'all this is like really life-changing and then the craziest part is that once you purchase the postage on ShipStation it automatically fulfills the order in Squarespace so I had the situations where I would have to go into PayPal and I would have to create you know all of the shipments and then I could print all of them out at one time right and then I had all the shipping labels so then once everything was closed up and sealed up I would put the shipping label on there but then I would have to go into my Squarespace app to scan the barcode of the um of the shipping label to fulfill that order so that it would send out the the tracking number to the customer. So I was just like, you know, I was so into the groove of, you know, I have to print all my labels, pack all my orders, seal them, put the label on there and then scan it. And then we're done. But this literally, as soon as you purchase the postage and print the label, it literally fulfills it. Like it sends the email with the tracking and everything. So I was just like, okay, this is next level, right? So it's definitely worth it. I'm definitely going to be using ShipStation and the prices are the same. I checked because I was like, let me just make sure that the price on ShipStation is matching up with the price that I would pay on PayPal. So I did a test by entering all the same information, same weight, same dimensions and everything. And the prices ended up being the same. So there's no difference there. I was just like, there's really no reason for me not to use this. Um, I definitely, you know, have to put it in my budget because you do have to pay for it every single month. But I just feel like I would be so much faster <laughs> at fulfilling orders um, if I didn't have to do all of these extra steps that I've been doing. So I just was like mind blown, you guys. I had I knew that it was a resource that was out there, but I was just like, no, like I could just use PayPal for free. And sometimes when you're in business, y'all, you just have to pay for things, okay? Sometimes you just have to go ahead and invest in things that are going to cut down time, things that are gonna allow you to be more efficient, you know? Sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. How so, much is it each month? 
um, for ShipStation. So they have different plans, right? So the one that I just signed up for is $9 a month, but it only has 50 shipments per month. So you can print out 50 labels every single month. So I was just like, okay, we're halfway through the month, right? So I'm gonna just try it out and see if I like it for the $9. Cause I couldn't do another free trial. Cause I already did a free trial. So I was like, okay, um, I'm just pay $9 and see what happens. Like see how it goes. But the next, the next tier up, I think it's $29 a month. And I think you can ship out, I want to say is, is it a hundred or 500? I think it might be 500, but I was just like, I'm at the budget $29 in because mm -hmm. I definitely ship more than 50 orders per month. So I'm like, I'm going to need way more than that. I think it's 500 for the one that I was trying to do. Um, so I definitely, you know, I can do that for my business. 500 shipments a month sounds, sounds good for me, but one day it won't, you know? So I'll probably have to keep increasing my plan, but they have like, the the most expensive one is just like unlimited you know so it just depends on you and your business but I definitely am going to add that into my budget for my business because it is really nice like it's real nice and you can put in you know your return address in there and make sure that it's good to go for your shipping labels as well all right, so the next question that I get asked a lot is about international shipping. How does that work? Are you shipping internationally? What's going on? So I definitely was doing a lot of international shipping before this pandemic. And honestly, I was even doing some international shipping even after we were already in the pandemic. Um, and I mean, I guess it was just working out to where it was always a country that was accepting mail from the U.S. because I had no clue that there were any restrictions or anything going on until I had one situation. I'm like, everything was all good. And then all of a sudden it was just all bad. So I got two orders from Kenya and I had never gotten an order from Kenya before. And it just seemed like they came back to back. And I was like, do they know each other? Like what? I don't know. But I got two orders from Kenya and I prepared these orders and everything, you guys. And when I went to go ahead and pack them up and purchase the postage for them, um, it wouldn't let me buy the postage. So I was doing everything online, like I said. So even my international orders, I was doing them online because I, I figured out how to do it online through USPS. You just have to go to their actual website. So you can't do international labels on PayPal. So I was like, okay, all of my domestic orders I can do on PayPal. And then if it's international, then I have to go straight to the USPS website, which is fine. Um, and if I wanted to, I could have done all of my orders through the USPS website too. Like I just liked the interface of PayPal better. And like I said, when people ordered by paying with PayPal, it would already have their information in the system. So that, you know, cut down a lot of time too, because a lot of people do order with PayPal. So I didn't do the USPS website, but I was using it for international shipping. And so um, I went online, you know, I was doing my, my normal routine. And when I was putting in the address, it was like, you're going to have to go to the post office to purchase postage for this package. And I was just like, hmm, that's weird. Okay. Never saw that error message before. And then I was just like, okay, well, let's go to the post office because I have to drop orders off anyway. So when I went to the post office, dropped my orders off, I got in line because, you know, I usually don't have to get in line. So I was kind of annoyed that I had to get in line, but it was okay. 
got in line, waited in line, all that stuff. And then once I got up to the register, they were just like, oh yeah, you know, we're not we're not shipping any packages to Kenya. Like Kenya is not accepting mail through USPS because of the pandemic. So they were just telling me like, you know, the facilities out there were shut down. They didn't have anyone working over there. So even if I sent the package, nobody would ever receive it. Like no one was working in the USPS facility. So I was just like, well, <laughs> what are my other options? Like I have orders, I have customers, like what am I supposed to do? And, you know, they were just telling me I could ship it through FedEx because FedEx is one of the carriers that was still um, up and running. Like they had people working in those facilities. And then um, UPS was also an option as well. But y'all, when I tell y'all these prices were insane, it was like $250, $300, $400. Like every time I checked, it the price just kept going up. Price just kept going up. And I was like, dang, why would I pay $400 to ship a package? And they didn't even pay $400 for this order with the shipping included. I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I cannot lose out on inventory and come out of my pocket $400. So I was just like, wow, this is wild. Okay. So that was when I was like, okay, this is crazy. Like the pandemic is crazy. So definitely cannot be having international shipping open and having people come on here and spend their money. And I don't even know if I can ship out their package. And they were just saying like, they didn't know when the restrictions were going to be lifted. Like I could just keep checking back and nothing was set in stone. They had no concrete answers. And I was just like, you know what? I don't even have time for this. Okay. I don't want to ever take people's money and not be able to provide. And then also now it's just like, I was getting an increase of people having damaged items, like being delivered to them once this whole thing started. I'm like, before the pandemic, we never had any issues. Now we're in a pandemic and now people are contacting me like they're getting this damage and this damage and that damage, even though I'm taking the time, the money, I'm putting the energy in to make sure everything is nice and wrapped, nice and tight, and it's still damaged. I'm like, y'all literally would have had to throw this package at a wall, okay, for something to break on the inside. The way that we're wrapping stuff up, like you would really have to throw it at a wall. Like you would have to use like blunt force, okay? But I was in USPS one day, y'all, and I literally saw them just toss it, like toss a package. It wasn't mine, thank God, because I probably would have snapped right then and there. But I just, like she literally just picked it up and just tossed it across the room to get it into a, one of their bins. And I was just like. Did it look better? I mean, I don't know. I really don't, it was, it was a box. So it wasn't like a bubble mail or anything, but just to see her like throw it, I was just like, you're doing this in front of actual customers that are paying hundreds of dollars to like ship out their stuff. I feel offended. I feel disrespected. I do. I just used to doing it so much. And you know, like somebody commented on my YouTube video one time. Cause I was like talking about, um, how now, you know, I'm just putting a fragile sticker on everything, right? Because before I was only putting fragile stickers on what was actually fragile. Like if I was shipping out just like lip gloss, like retail stuff, then I just would not put a fragile sticker. I was putting fragile stickers on stuff like gloss bags and tubes and stuff like that, like wholesale stuff. When I first started, that's what I was putting the fragile stickers on. But Somebody commented on my YouTube video and was like, yeah, you know, they don't care about those fragile stickers at USPS. Like, they'll probably toss your package up even more if you put a fragile sticker. And I was like, what? 
And I think she said something like she worked there or whatever. And I was just like, hmm, good to know. So y'all are going to rough up the packages that actually have a fragile sticker on them? How does that work? That's crazy. And I was just like, okay, thanks for commenting, but now I'm mad. You know, like, I just, I don't know. So um, after seeing that, you know, I was just like, I am nervous even about shipping internationally right now. I'm seeing how y'all are dealing with just the domestic packages, like in my face. So why would I think that this package is going to safely make it out of the country (laughs) to another country? So... Yeah, I was just like, you know, now that we're in this interesting space in the world, I'm just going to remove international shipping for now because I just don't want to risk it. And the shipping is just so expensive. And I promise y'all, I would be so mad like if it got over to you and it was damaged. So I have removed international shipping for now um, until things kind of go back to normal or until some of the restrictions are lifted. But It's really just kind of like a go with the flow type of thing right now, especially, you know, because things are just not concrete. Like nobody has an answer for anything. Nobody knows what the economy is going to be like tomorrow. Nobody, nobody really knows what's going on. So I'm just going with the flow. And I feel like now that international shipping is not available, I have a lot more people contacting me like, do you ship here? Do you ship here? Do you ship here? And I'm just like, oh, like I know that I am missing out on a lot of money, but sometimes you just have to miss out on money because it's not even worth the headache of the process sometimes. So I'm just like staying firm in my decision to not ship internationally right now, even if the country is accepting mail from the US, just because I don't want any problems right now. So um, that's, that's all I can say about international shipping. It can be done on the USPS website if you are creating your shipping labels from home um, and you know you don't want to stand in line because at first I was oh 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 my mic oh my god at first I was um I was going to the post office I was waiting in line to get my international labels and that's just not the move when you're a busy entrepreneur like you do not want to be waiting in line to purchase postage to send stuff like no so it can be done online I think that's mainly where a lot of y'all's questions stem from you have to learn how to do the customs um form or whatever online too because they do have a section where you have to enter like all the information about what's in the package how much it weighs what's the quantity you know it's not hard but at first when I looked at it it was kind of confusing so Make sure, you know, you just do your research and everything. Um, But shipping in general right now is just crazy expensive. And I feel like they just keep raising the prices. Like when it comes to heavy items, when it comes to large boxes, when it comes to, you know, having to put insurance on your packages, it is going to be money. Okay, I promise y'all, y'all think that shipping is cheap. I need y'all to go and try to ship a 12 by 10 by 8. 10 pound box and see how much they charge y'all and this is this is a testimony from me okay the other day I paid 50 dollars to ship a package 50 I can't even say it right 50 dollars to ship a package that the customer paid 18 dollars for shipping on my website because I have flat rate shipping and it was 18 dollars for wholesale items and This person ordered a lot of stuff, okay? A lot of lip gloss containers. Stuff gets heavy, okay? Like 16 ounce containers. 16 ounces is like, that's a pound already. So if you order 10, 
your box is going to weigh around 10 pounds, okay? And you have to then like wrap them in bubble wrap to make sure that they're going to arrive safely. That's putting extra weight, okay? So this package was very heavy. It was very large, okay? And it was going to California and shipping across the country, okay? That is expensive. Shipping priority from coast to coast, I have found out is super crazy expensive, especially to California. Like I have a lot of customers in California and their wholesale orders cost money, okay? But this was the first time that I have ever had to spend that much more. Like usually I would only come out of pocket maybe like two or $3, maybe it'll be like $23 to ship or $25 to ship, maybe like, you know, in that range, but never I had to spend 50, okay? 50. So I'm definitely just learning as I go, you know, things like this are meant to happen so that you can learn. And I am putting insurance on every single package, okay? Every single package. So this is like, you know, if if I feel like I want to add extra insurance because priority mail already comes with $50 of insurance. So if I feel like the price that the customer paid is way, 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 way more than $50, like if they spent $500, I'm putting insurance on that package. If they spent $1,000, I'm putting insurance on that package because God forbid, you know, the package gets lost or stuff gets damaged. Like you definitely want to be able to file a claim and get your money back for stuff like that. So definitely putting insurance on packages. Um, so there's really no way around this for me. A lot of people were telling me to use priority boxes and, you know, it's flat rate, it's up to 70 pounds, blah, 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 blah. Have y'all seen priority boxes? Like, have y'all seen the size of the priority boxes? Like, have y'all really ever looked at how big they are? Have y'all ever really looked at how small they are? Because even the large priority box is just like, what? I can't fit anything in here at all. So I wish they had larger priority boxes because I feel like it's amazing to have the luxury of shipping up to 70 pounds. Like I don't even like, I, what am I shipping that's more than 70 pounds, you know? So I would just love to have that luxury of paying one flat rate price to ship all of my orders. That would be amazing, but I cannot fit anything into these boxes, you guys. So that's the reason why I don't use the priority boxes because most of my wholesale orders are not going to fit in there. Most of my containers are not going to fit in there. By the time I wrap everything up, it's not going to fit. So I am just gonna, you know, continue to do shipping the way that I'm doing it, but I'm thinking about like adjusting the prices and everything. Um, I know some website platforms, they allow you to calculate the shipping costs by the price, like by how many items they have in the cart or by, you know, how much their total price is. So the more they have to pay, obviously the more inventory they have in their cart. So obviously it's gonna weigh more, but I don't think Squarespace does that. If they do, I have not figured it out yet and I'm going to have to keep researching, but for now, okay, this is how it is. I'm really considering um, just factoring in a shipping price into the cost of items, like into the cost of individual items, because that way, you know, you're kind of getting, you're getting a little bit for every single item that they're doing. And that's pretty much the same way that it would work if it was by the price. You know what I'm saying? Like the more you add, the more you're 
shipping is going to cost, but I'm thinking of factoring it into the price and then doing free shipping, like, because you're already paying for the ship, like the shipping price is included. Basically. I think that that would be a easier way. It would be more beneficial for me as, um, the business owner and, yeah, you know, you guys know, y'all know that people like to see stuff like free shipping. They like to see stuff like, you know, free shipping over a certain amount or whatever. Y'all just have to get into the minds of your customers. Okay. People are attracted to things like that. They want to shop when they see that they're getting a deal. I think I was talking about this on Instagram live last night. We were talking about, um, you know, getting into the minds of your customers. That'll have to be another podcast episode. All right, so the next um, topic that I was getting was on Instagram promotions, like Instagram ads, and how am I running my business without using any Instagram ads? And I thought that this was really interesting because I didn't know that y'all were, you know, thinking about this. But um, I've actually used Instagram ads a few times before, but I'm definitely not, you know, running my business off of this. That's not how I'm growing my business. Sometimes for certain things, I wanted to give it a little bit of a boost. And honestly, I just wanted to try it out because I don't have a lot of experience with Instagram ads. So I know that there's a lot that goes into them um, when it comes to like adding in your, your audience, like the funnels and everything, like who do you want this ad to be served to? So I really just kind of wanted to learn like what the process was like and that's why I've done it a few times but I'm not an avid IG ad person I don't have a ton of sponsored posts but actually I am working on planning a more sponsored post and adding advertising into my budget because I think that is really nice and with Instagram ads you have to continuously do them so that they can learn like who to serve your ad to. It goes through Facebook and Instagram. So Facebook and Instagram work together um, and they they learn as you keep doing ads on who that they need to serve it to. So who who's gonna see your ad the very first time you post one? I'm not sure because they have no clue like what kind of audience you really wanna reach or who you're trying to get to see this. Even if you put in the funnels and everything, you still might not get the results that you want from the first few times that you do it. Those are things that I'm learning just from researching and hearing experience from other people that are doing it a lot. Um, but how am I running my business or growing my business? Honestly, you guys, I'm just using hashtags and I'm just posting a lot. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that my page kind of goes in sequences of three. I like the way that it looks as far as aesthetic, but also that forces me in one day to create more than one post. Like I'm going to have to create three posts on Instagram every single day that I'm posting because I don't want to mess up my theme that I have going on. So I'm using hashtags on every single post and I'm also posting to my Instagram stories and whenever I'm posting something about lip gloss or whatever, I'm putting hashtags on my stories as well because y'all know that on Instagram, um, on your explore page, your story posts will pop up too now. It's not just feed posts. So the explore page is expanding you guys. So yeah. And then when it comes to hashtags, I promise y'all, please like, research the hashtags that you want to use for your business go on them on your phone look at them first on your phone right and see what you see 
on there. And then I want you to go on someone else's phone on a different account. And I want you to look up that same hashtag to see if you're seeing the same post at the top, or maybe you're seeing different posts. Maybe you're seeing somebody else at the top. Maybe you're not seeing the same order of things. Cause I think it might be different. Um, and Instagram is kind of trying to use the algorithm to serve people what they think that they want to see. So you definitely want to research the hashtags that you are using or that you want to use to see how many people have posted on this hashtag. How many, you know, how many followers do people on this hashtag that are up at the top, how many followers do they have? How many times do they post? Like, what do I need to have or what do I need to do to kind of rank high for this, um, this hashtag? Because right now I just have a set list of hashtags that I created when I first started. And I've just been using those hashtags. I've just been posting consistently with those hashtags. And y'all know that on Instagram, you can follow hashtags now. Like you, can follow them. It's almost like you're following an account, but it's a hashtag. So every time someone posts with that hashtag or whatever, if you're on Instagram, Instagram will start to show you those things on your feed. Like they'll start to show you, um, this person posted on this hashtag or whatever. So you don't even have to be following people to come across their content anymore. You don't even have to go to the explore page to come across people's content that you're not following. All you really have to do is follow hashtags. Me personally, I don't follow any hashtags because I just don't see the need to do it. But a lot of people do. A lot of people that are researching stuff like this, a lot of people that are trying to start businesses, a lot of people that are looking for that kind of content, they follow those hashtags, you guys. So I know that um, one of my recent posts, I posted um, some Get Suckered goodies, like the new Get Suckered lip gloss base and everything. And someone reached out to me via DM and they took a screenshot of the hashtag lip gloss wholesale um, hashtag. And I think that that was, I think it was hashtag lip gloss wholesale. One of them, one of them hashtags, they took a screenshot of my post and it didn't say my name at the top right away. It said the hashtag. So I was like, oh my God, like they're following this hashtag and that is how they landed on my page. And now they're in my DMs because they want more information. They want to use my discount code. So even though that's not them directly purchasing on my website, I'm still getting a cut from that if they use my code. So, you know, it's, it's all it's all the same, okay? So people that are looking to shop wholesale might see me on there and they might wanna go to my website and purchase wholesale. So that's really how I'm growing, you guys. Like I'm using the hashtags, I'm posting consistently to my story, to my feed. Um, and then I'm also utilizing YouTube as well. So you guys know, like I have my YouTube channel. I now have the podcast, which we're you know putting on other platforms. And I, I'm really interested to know I'm really interested to know like how many people listen to the podcast that don't like follow me on YouTube or any of that stuff, you know, like I want to know like who is just consuming podcast content. Um, I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to find that out, but it's just cool because I, I never know who I can reach. So I'm utilizing multiple different platforms. That's what I'm telling you guys. Like, don't just focus on Instagram. Instagram is personally my favorite, but you can't just focus on one platform. You have to branch out and use other platforms. I'm using YouTube. I'm using TikTok. I'm using the podcast. Like, branch out, okay? Use Twitter, all that stuff. I don't use Twitter so much, but I'm really trying to get back into the swing of being consistent on all of my social media platforms. And I know it's hard, but, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. Um, so, Yeah. Um, another thing that is allowing me to grow and keeping people coming is my professionalism and my customer service. 
people really like that. You know, if, if people feel like you're taking the time out of their day to help them or to answer their questions or to email them back and forth or whatever, they are going to love that. You know, they're going to enjoy that you took the time out to respond to their email or to respond to their messages. So make sure you have a great customer service. Make sure your professionalism is A1. Like these are the small things that people are looking for when it comes to shopping with companies. Um, also pay attention to your analytics. So if you have posts that are doing really well, or if you have a post that like does crazy, if you have a post that does crazy compared to your other posts, you know, try to think about how you can create content similar to that. You know, like what do your followers like? Figure out what they really like, figure out what they want to see from you. Listen to the people that are supporting you. And that is really going to help you out as well. Um, Make sure you're engaging. If people comment on your stuff, make sure you're commenting back. Make sure you're encouraging engagement. Like leave me a comment down below with X, Y, and Z. Or tell me what you think about this in the comments. Or what's your favorite, blah, blah, blah. Tell me in the comments. You know, like that is going to boost your page. Getting more engagement is going to boost you. But you have to make sure that you engage back as well because that's important too. Like if you don't respond to people, then they might feel some type of way. They might not want to comment anymore. I try to be really good about that. One thing that I don't like about Instagram is that they don't let you keep scrolling down your notifications. You know, like why is that? I'm like, I get a lot of notifications. Even if like one person wants to spam my account and like like all of my 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 photos and videos and stuff, I'm very grateful for that, by the way. Thank you if you've ever done that. But I'm like, one person could sit here and go through all 600 of my posts and like every single one of them. And then I won't see any of the other notifications like it'll tell me at the bottom that I have like 10 comments 30 new followers and 200 new likes or whatever and then I'm scrolling down to look for those comments because I want to respond to comments but it won't even let me go all the way down to see so I'm like I have 600 posts like how am I supposed to know which posts that people are commenting on if I can't freaking see the notifications like how does that work so I'm just sitting here like that is so annoying and Especially when like somebody will comment on something and I'll see the notification, I'll click on it and it might be an old post. And then when I get over there, I see that there's five comments on this post that I never saw. So I never responded to them. And me, I'm the type of person I'm going back and responding. Even if y'all commented two weeks ago, two months ago, I don't care. I'm responding back because I'm just like, dang, like, I'm so sorry. I didn't see your comment. Um, and I know like as you continue to grow and you get bigger, you get more followers, more comments and everything is like impossible to respond to every single person sometimes. But right now I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to respond. Um, but yeah, so it's really important to know, like when you get a good response from your followers and they really enjoy something that you posted, try to do something else like that. Try to, you know, make sure you're catering to the things that people want to see, but also sprinkle in the things that you want to do. Um, as well, even if it's not something that people are asking for. I feel like it's really a delicate balance, but you'll definitely get the hang of it. I feel like, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing. A lot of people want to see filling videos. A lot of people want to see videos of me mixing lip gloss. Like that's all that people want to see. And I'm just like, that's not the only kind of content that I want to create. Like I don't want every single video to be of me filling up lip gloss tubes or me mixing up lip gloss. Like I want to create other kind of content as well. Um, it's the same way on YouTube too. Like people are like, oh my God, we want more lip gloss videos because I'm asking you guys like, what do y'all want to see? Let me know what kind of videos y'all want to see on YouTube. And everyone is just like, mm, 
more lip gloss videos, please. More lip gloss videos. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to do more mixing videos, more how to make lip gloss videos. I have a lot of videos on my list, but I also just sprinkle in content that I want to post. Like there's stuff that I post that you guys don't even know that y'all need, like that y'all didn't even know that y'all wanted to see. Okay. But y'all saw it and then y'all was excited. So yeah, it's a delicate balance, but that's really how I'm growing on my platforms, you guys. I'm just staying true to me. I'm doing what I want to do. I am looking at my analytics. I'm realizing what people want to see, and I'm taking that into account. Um, I'm using my hashtags. I'm posting every single day. Um, I usually don't post on the weekends, but sometimes I do. But I'm trying to post every single day. You know, I might miss a day or two, but that is okay. Um, so yeah, that's how that is going and just really practice, um, taking pictures and getting content to see what you like, try it out, see what your followers like as well. And just learn as you go when it comes to building your brand on Instagram. All right, you guys. So the very last thing that I get a lot of questions about, which I feel like I've already talked about a little bit, like I've already said some things about it, but we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about it right now. Okay, we're gonna talk about it. I always get the question about the legal side of business. What is it like legally? Like, what do I have to do in order to start a business? Do I have to get an LLC? Do I have to get an EIN? What am I supposed to do? So I'm in the state of Georgia. Okay. And here it was super easy for me to apply for my LLC. I don't know how it works from state to state, but do your research because all I know is that this is the state that I live in and that is where I did it at. And that's all that I have experience on. Um, so for me, all I had to do was go to the secretary of state website for Georgia and I applied for an LLC. It costed me $100 to do it with standard processing time. They gave me the option to expedite it or whatever, and it was just like way more money. And I was not in a rush or anything. They said that the standard processing time might take up to two weeks. And I was just like, you know, I'm not in a rush, so let me just save my little coin and do the $100 fee. Um, I also did my research on the website prior to applying because, you know, um, they have it set up to where it'll show you um, businesses that have the same name that you're looking for or some kind of variation of that word or name. So you can definitely go through and see what is already out there because you definitely don't want to have something that is the same as somebody else because that can cause issues and that it won't even let you do that. Like you won't get approved, but they'll still let you apply, you know, so you definitely don't want to um, waste your money because they're not going to give you that money back if you apply and then someone else has a name, they'll just not approve it for you. So make sure you do some extensive research before applying for your LLC because you don't want to get into any issues like that. You don't want to waste your money. Um, and that was just the process. Like it was super easy once I actually realized where I needed to go because there's other websites that you can apply for. But my mom actually recommended the actual secretary of state website for me. So that's what I did. Cause I'm like, I don't know anything else. I definitely want to do it the most easiest way, the, the most, um, official way, I guess. So that's what I did. Um, <clears throat> and also watch out for scams, you guys, because listen, we, when I say we, I'm talking about me as Zareya, me and my best friend Zareya, we applied for our LLC kind of around the same time. And we both got approved around the same time as well. So after getting approved, 
Um, I was getting letters in the mail and she was also getting letters in the mail and it was saying like, oh, now that you have your LLC, you're going to have to pay this money for this other thing. And then there was another letter that came in the mail like, oh, you're going to have to pay this money for this other thing. And it was just like paying for certificates and stuff to like go into your physical location, like to let people know that this is an official business, like stuff like that. This was all news to me. And I was just like, I don't know what's going on. I was talking to my mom. She's like, I don't know what this is. And I was just like, I'm not about to send them any money. Cause it's like, you can send a money order back in the same, you know, envelope with the return address and everything, or you can call. And I'm just like, what? So we did our research and figured out that that was a scam. Okay. Be careful because when new businesses start popping up, you know, people are like, ooh, scam. Let's scam them. Let's do this, this, and this. So watch out for that. Um, and as far as my LLC, I did not get my LLC prior to starting my business, okay? And I have said that many times before. That's just my personal experience. If you ask me, I highly recommend to just do it before you actually start or do it in the beginning because it's really not a hard process at all and you can just go ahead and get it out of the way and you won't have to worry about it later down the line. Um, so if you have that budget or if you're creating your budget, I would say just go ahead and add that in in the beginning. I also get a lot of questions about taxes and stuff. And listen, I don't have any information to share about taxes, you guys. Like I have not been in business for a full year yet. So I have no idea how much money I'm going to end up at at the end of my first year in business. I could surprise myself. I'm like, I have kind of like a little idea about it, but I could totally surprise myself and show out. Okay. So, you know, you do your taxes every year and you are basically getting documentation of how much money you made that year, how much money you spent that year, all of that stuff. And I just, I have not hit that milestone yet, you guys. I haven't gotten there yet. Smudge turns one on November 1st, so I will be doing my taxes this next tax season or whatever. But listen, taxes and all that stuff, that is not my forte, okay? It's just not my thing. So I have my momager helping me out with that. And then also we have an accountant. So my accountant is going to be handling all that stuff for me. All I'm doing is I'm preparing my end of it, like to know how much money I've spent this year, like on inventory and everything. I keep up with my receipts. Um, sometimes I have to go back and print out receipts because I do a lot of ordering online. So, you know, I'm not like getting a physical receipt. I'm getting email confirmations, email receipts, stuff like that. So I want to print all that stuff out and have it all together from month to month so that I could just give all of this over to my accountant and she's going to do everything that she needs to do with that information. Um, so I'm just doing that on my end, but everything else, I'm just like kind of handing it over to my mom and to our accountant. Um, so all I can really tell you is make sure you do your taxes, okay? When it's time for you to do it, make sure you do it. And then also just as a business owner, make sure you're kind of keeping up with how much you're spending because um, that's going to be your responsibility when it comes to that. Make sure you know how much you're spending. Make sure you know how much you're earning. Thank God, you know, my website and everything can tell me that information so I don't really have to be sitting here crunching all these numbers, but just make sure you have access to all of that information. Um, and then... I get a lot of questions about EIN numbers and those numbers, the um, tax ID numbers, it's, it's, uh, you can access that once your business is registered. So it's like right now you can go on and request. If you already have your business registered, you could go on and request your EIN number and they'll send it to you rather quickly, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just like, I don't 
even use my EIN number because I don't have anything to do with it. Like I don't have to use it to shop with my vendors. Like Zarea and I were talking about in our episode, we, um, we have two separate business, two different businesses. Like she's in fashion. So when it comes to purchasing from fashion vendors, you have to provide more information. She has to provide invoices. She has to provide her EIN number. So it's like right now I don't even use it. So y'all asking me about it for lip gloss, but really you just don't, you don't really need it unless you are, um, shopping with vendors that require it. Um, so yeah, that's really, that's really the legal, the legal side of business in a nutshell. Like I said, this stuff is stuff that I'm actively always researching. Um, I know that getting an LLC is only the first step of the process and your LLC is for your state. So it protects you in your state. So I know that, you know, there's trademarking, which is like the next step. And then if you're doing something like a book, like an ebook or something, you might want to look into copywriting. Like there's all different things that you can do. So I'm still learning. Okay. And this is a topic that I am just always actively trying to learn more about because it's a huge part of being in business. But thankfully, like I said, I have a momager. And she knows more about this stuff than me. So sometimes, you know, you can have people that are helping you that know about this stuff. Or if you, you know, have an accountant that can help you with this stuff. Or if you have a lawyer that can help you with this stuff. Because I know that a lot of people, when they're going for their trademark, they get lawyers and stuff. Because you now it's like we're looking at a bigger picture. So we're looking across all the states, not just one state. So you want to make sure that you're definitely not wasting your money when it comes to stuff like that. But that's all my tea on the legal side of business. I hope that all of this information was helpful. I hope that I answered your questions. Um, these were a lot of questions that I was seeing from multiple different people. So hopefully, you know, you guys are getting the information. I've talked about some of this stuff before. So it's really making me think like, hmm, do y'all really uh, watch my videos all the way through? Do y'all listen to the podcast all the way through? Because y'all be asking the same questions over and over again. But I do know that I get new followers every single day. So they just might not know that I've already covered this information. So hopefully, you know, you got all the info that you needed. I'm excited for future topics. I'm always asking you guys um, for questions. So yeah, I'm excited to keep talking about stuff like this. I told y'all I can talk about lip gloss and stuff all day long. All right, so next we are going to move into our questions from the squad. Devin. What's up? Hey, Devin. Yeah, um, so got some questions again. And the first one is, what do you do when people comment DM me? I hate that. <laughs> Devin said, I hate that. <laughs> why, would you, why would you comment DM me and you can just DM me? Hello. Say Say it louder for the people in the back, Devin. They can't hear you. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, I'm like most of the people that comment that is like spam anyway. But now, how does that work? Because I really would like to know, like, how do the spam comments actually work? Like, how is that triggered? Like, is that actually? It's not a person, is it? It's like a bot or something. Yeah, probably like a bot. Yeah. How does that work? Because all of these, oh my god, cartoon logos, DM me for cartoon logos, blah blah blah. I'm like, sis, what? You know, one of my followers recently just responded to somebody that commented that and was like, actually, she has a beautiful logo. So no. And I was like, I'm not deleting this comment. Right. I usually report the um the spam comments as spam because I'm just like, stop commenting on my stuff. I'm tired of y'all commenting about logos or 
collabs or whatever when you know like you can contact me elsewhere okay so I just left that one up because somebody was like actually no she has a beautiful logo I said not my squad showing up for me hmm yeah no I hate those dm me comments it's just like something that my parents do they be texting me and telling me to call them when I get a chance and I'm just like, if you need to talk to me, just call me. Mm-hmm. You don't got to text me and tell me to call you, okay? Both of my parents do that. My mom and my dad do that. Call me when you get a minute. Call me when you get a minute. I'm like, y'all, I don't ever get a minute, okay? I just want to let that be known. I don't ever get a minute. Thanks. I don't ever get a chance, okay? So if you need to talk to me about something, I'm just going to need you to call me because either I'm going to answer it or I'm not going to answer it and I'm going to call you back. You know, if I'm in the middle of something, I'm going to call you back when I get done. But to text me and say, call me when I get a chance, I ain't never going to remember that chance. So I feel like that's the same thing. Like DM me, even though you could just go ahead and DM me, even though I be telling y'all don't DM me because I'm not going to look at it. I do not be seeing all my DMs. I just be getting, you know, I be getting a little annoyed, but I got to learn to not be annoyed about stuff because it's just useless to be annoyed about everything. So I just report the comments for spam or I just delete them. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in, but I'm usually reporting like report, 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 report. <laughs> so yeah, that's how that, that's how that goes. Cool. So the next question is how do you deal with the rude customers? Mm. Y'all listen, when y'all say, how do you deal with rude customers? You don't really you don't really deal with them. You just help them. Okay? You make sure you get them the information that they need and keep it pushing. Um my my thing is to always be professional with whatever you're doing because you are running a business and if this is your business like if your business is anything like my business, you're the face of your business. So I'm just like, you know, I can't, I can't be rude. I can't do stuff like that because I'm trying to run an empire here. Okay. And you can't be out here having a reputation of being rude back to your customers or going off on people or cursing people out or whatever. Like, no. So whenever a customer is being really rude, I usually always, you know, and what do rude customers stem from? It's usually that they're mad about something that they did not read, okay? The information is usually always readily available for them, but they didn't read it before purchasing. And then now that they realize what's going on, now they have an attitude. But they're really not mad at you. They're really mad at themselves, okay? So I just always try to be nice and professional, and I just refer back to my website like, hey, you know, here's the policies. It's clearly stated. Um, and now like on my website, you have to agree to the terms and conditions before checking out. So if you're signing your life away, or if you're adding to cart and checking out without reading the policies, without understanding them, or if you're thinking that you're going to be some kind of special case and you're going to get special treatment, that's your fault. Okay. And that's not any of my business. So just because you don't read, that's none of my business. Like all the information was there for you. So I try to, you know, just be as polite as possible. I'm a very nice person. So I always have my professional hat on. Okay. And I just help them to resolve the issue as soon as possible. And 
all money is not good money. So if there's ever an issue with an order or if, you know, somebody wants to cancel their order, cause I'm like, you know, we don't cancel orders around here. Okay. But sometimes you have to be the bigger person and you have to make the decision of, okay, so if my policy is that I don't cancel orders or I don't give refunds or whatever, but I'm in this situation where this is getting really escalated Sometimes you might just have to let the customer be right. You know, they always say the customer is always right. And sometimes you just want to avoid issues in the future. Like you don't want to keep that person's order and then ship out their stuff. And then they dispute the payment or they, you know, they, they do this whole thing. And then now you're out of inventory and money. So, you know, sometimes you just have to make a strategic decision when it comes to rude customers. Um, and honestly, I don't even know why people get like that because most of the time it's something that they just did not read and did not understand. Um, so yeah, just be professional always. Help them, make make sure that you you know help them in a timely manner because you want to make sure that issue gets resolved ASAP for sure. Cool. And the next question is, how many products should I bring to a pop-up shop? How do I prepare for my first pop-up shop? pop-up shops i have been getting so many comments and dms about pop-up shops you guys and i miss pop-up shops um so pop-up shops are very unique experiences because you don't know like there's no real guarantee of how many people are going to show up or um how the turnout is going to be so sometimes it's just like you know if you know a lot of people are coming you want to um have a lot of inventory. Uh, the best example that I can give is like Afropunk. So I know that Afropunk is like a very, very large scale. So if I was to do a pop-up shop at Afropunk, I would need to have a ton, okay? Like a huge amount of inventory because I know this festival, like it's a well-known festival. There's always a lot of people there. There's no question about it. But if it's just something small, like a local something or a neighborhood pop-up shop or something like that, or if it's an event that you don't really know a lot about, then it can get tricky because you just don't know what to do or how much to prepare. So I always like to say, especially if you're just starting out and you don't have a lot of inventory, do whatever is feasible for you. Okay. But just um, make sure that you have a lot of business cards, make sure you have that kind of stuff like marketing materials, just so that if you don't have something that they want in person that day, you can refer them to your website so they can get it online. Um, how do you prepare for your first pop-up shop? Just know that pop-up shops are usually very overwhelming experiences. They're very fun, but they can be overwhelming in the sense that um, you know, there's a lot of people there and this is your business and you're the one that is the face of it. So they want to talk to you. Like you're going to have a lot of people coming up to you. Um, they might want to take a picture with you. They want you to tell them about the product. So I always now go into pop-up shops mentally with knowing like I need to prepare the night before. I need to get a lot of rest. I need to make sure I'm hydrated because I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. I need to make sure I have water on deck the day of because my mouth might get a little dry, you know, like things like that, because you want to be as professional as possible and you want to be able to talk to people that want to support you. So definitely um, you're going to feel a little bit overwhelmed if there's a lot of people there, but that's okay. You know, just take it all in and have fun. Um, 
the last few pop-up shops that I did, I was so grateful to have help there with me. So Devin, Soraya, my mom, you know, having my squad there to kind of help me manage a little bit so that people can still be checking out while I'm over here talking to people or answering questions or taking pictures or whatever. Um, so it's all about, you know, preparing yourself mentally, preparing yourself physically. And when it comes to the inventory, just do whatever you can do. Like how I can't tell you to have 50 lip glosses because what if that many people don't show up or what if you don't sell 50 lip glosses, you know? So it's, it's a very unique experience when you do a pop-up shop. So there's really no right or wrong way to do it. But like I said, if you know that this is a big event, like if you know there's going to be a lot of people there and you don't bring enough inventory, that can be an instance where it might be a little bit wrong because you're just short changing yourself. But if you don't know, then there's really no right or wrong. So it's just like, it's trial and error, but or you always- could just ask, like the people that send up the pop-up shop. Huh? So you could like ask the people that send up the pop-up shop, like ask them like, how many people do you think is going to be there? Yeah. You can do that too. Sometimes they don't even know, honestly. I mean, but they're like- well, they should, well, I don't know. Like, some things they sell tickets, so. Oh, yeah. If they sell tickets, then they would have a, a good idea. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's that's true. If it's something like that and people are coming in and they bought a ticket, that's good. But, I mean, I just don't, I don't be knowing how to think about it sometimes. So, like, in that, in that situation, if someone said, okay, yeah, we have 300 people that bought tickets. Am I going to bring 300 lip glosses? You know? So, it's just, it's. It's balance, you know, trial and error. See how it goes. See how people respond. Um, but business cards, like you need to have an abundance, okay? Because even if people are not buying anything or whatever, you want to be passing out business cards. Like you want to take pop-up shops as an opportunity to fully market, if anything. Like even if you don't make any sales, like use it as a marketing opportunity for sure because you never know who you're going to meet. And those kind of situations are amazing for networking too. So, oh, I miss pop-up shops, Devin. We used to have fun, huh? Yeah. We used to have Devin in the building. They were pretty cool. Yeah. I'm just not ready to, I'm not ready to, for that yet. I'm not ready mm. to do that yet. Well, the next question is, my pigment separate from my lip gloss once it settles. How do I avoid that? Um, so, okay, so this is a lip gloss question, mixing lip gloss. Um, I've actually never had that experience y'all. And I feel like I've seen a, a handful of people saying that they're dealing with that. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you guys are putting in there because I'm only putting Versagel oil pigment and flavoring. Like that's all I'm putting. So I don't ever have an issue where the pigment is separating, I like to make sure that it's well mixed. So you really got to go in and like mix, 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 mix to make sure that that pigment is evenly distributed. I feel like it might have something to do with some of the oil selections that y'all are using maybe, like how the oil is mixing with the base. I don't know. Or how the oil is mixing with the pigment itself because I don't understand why it would separate. So I don't know. Also like maybe like how you're storing it. Sometimes people keep their lip gloss in like a very hot environment, like in your car. And sometimes that is not good, like to be in the sun and then in heat. That could probably mess with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I've never experienced that. So 
I would just say make sure you are mixing, okay? And kind of like observe what you're doing. Maybe try to make it with this oil and then make it with that oil to see if you see a difference in that in that um, when you mix it, when it settles. I don't know. But yeah, I've never experienced that. Well, the last question is, what is your experience what is your experience like running two businesses? Crocheting is so time consuming. Two businesses. Really, it's like I'm running three businesses at this point because I'm making lip gloss, I'm crocheting, and I'm doing YouTube full time. So like all these things are businesses. Um I have a lot of fun, honestly, you guys. Like doing a lot of different things is kind of what keeps me excited about life, just to be able to do a little bit of everything that I love. Um, crocheting, yes, is definitely time consuming. And with that specifically, I've had to cut back on the items that I'm offering right now. Before, I kind of just had like a lot of pieces available and um, I was also taking custom orders too and just doing all of that was just a lot to try to do with lip gloss as well. So I was like, you know, I really just want to focus on a few pieces and I was realizing that anyway, like I really just want to focus on shags. I really just want to focus on sweaters and just things that are more universal because a lot of people don't want to wear a crochet crop top. You know, they're not trying to be out showing that much skin or whatever. It might not support them how they want it to, especially me. Like I have big boobs, y'all. Like I have to finesse my own tops. Like I know how it is when you're um, top heavy or maybe you're, you know, just a little thick, you know, thick is good, but some pieces you just can't accommodate. Like sometimes it's just not as flattering or people are just not as comfortable wearing stuff like that. So I knew that I wanted to focus on more universal pieces, stuff that you can throw over certain things, stuff that, you know, is cozy because it's crochet. That's kind of what people look for a lot, especially now in this time. So um, now that the, the, the months are, the months are changing, we're changing, the weather's changing, it's getting colder. So we want the cozy pieces. Um, so yeah, I cut back on a lot of my pieces because I was just like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to take custom crochet orders. This could be for dresses. This could be for pants. This could be for 10 outfits, you know, and then still make lip gloss and then still have enough time to film and everything. So I wanted to kind of just make my standard pieces, like my shags, those are standard. Like I have a pattern, I have a size guide, I have sizes that are available and that's it. So if you order it, it's just like, okay, I know exactly what I'm doing. It's not like I have to take measurements or do anything or, you know, get the customer's measurements or it's nothing like that. So it's a lot easier when I have standard pieces um, for crocheting. And yeah, that's really, you know, that's the beauty of being a business owner of multiple different businesses. And I don't have like a huge team that helps me with each one because I realize when I need to tweak one of them or when I need to cut back on one of them, like, you know, pull out some of those things and focus on this a little bit more now because I had to learn like I'm really not going to be able to put 150% into every single one of them. Um, so this is like the time where I'm now learning to also delegate. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, me and my friend Amelia just did a collaboration. I can't expect myself to 
be the face of three businesses and be the only person responsible for getting content to promote all three businesses. So if you see these big businesses out here, they're using ambassadors, they're using influencers, they're using models or whatever. So Rihanna is not selling Fenty Beauty by just being the only person posting on Fenty Beauty. Like you don't even really see her on there that much. They're doing people of different skin tones. They're doing their ambassadors. They're doing models like, you know, influencers, whatever. So um, I'm learning to delegate. So I'm like Crochet by K is definitely my business that is um, not progressing as fast right now. And that's because I just haven't been giving it the love and attention that it needs. But now we're getting back into the swing of things because of the fact that it's cozy season. This is the time. So it would be a missed opportunity if I didn't do it. So I'm about to start posting consistently over there. And whether that be me or somebody else wearing this stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a huge learning experience for me, learning what I can juggle, what I can't juggle, what I need to ask for help for, um, and just learning how to let go and delegate certain things. Um, but yeah, it's fun, you know, but y'all don't really see me crocheting all these tops and, um, bottoms and skirts and dresses and stuff anymore because one, my hands, y'all, I'm trying to preserve my hands, my body, my back. Shags are something that are super quick and easy for me to crochet up. And then the long part is just the shagging, me adding all the fringe. But my mom helps me with that. So it's like we have a system going on. I'm like, I had to teach my mom everything, y'all. She knows how to make lip gloss. She knows how to put the fringes on the shags and everything. So I just have to do certain things and then I can get help with other things. So that's how I'm running all the businesses. I had to learn how to ask for help because your girl cannot do it all you know you know what i'm saying yeah it's a lot i had to give devin some tasks too i'm like yep devin mm -hmm. you're gonna be the editor because i can't handle this um yeah i actually just i just got well not a notification but right now i'm in a master class with um Raven Elise's mom, I don't think I've talked about this, but her mom is like um, hosting a masterclass on how to grow on YouTube. And so I am enrolled into the masterclass. You guys know that I love Raven Elise and I've met her and her mom multiple times and I love them. And I definitely trust Raven's mom with her knowledge and everything. She has really opened my eyes to a lot of things when it comes to YouTube. Um, so yeah, so I'm like in communication with her um, like throughout the week with the masterclass and she just posted, you know, um, saying that Raven, she uses an editing service now. So she doesn't even, I don't think she really edits her videos that much anymore. And they featured her in a blog post for the editing company. And they were just, you know, just really highlighting how she had to really let go and let someone step in to help her. And I know she even talked about that in some of her videos too. Like sometimes when you're a perfectionist and when you are, you know, building something and you're the face of it, you might be skeptical about trusting somebody else with your baby. Like, I mean, it's just, that's just is what it is. Like no one can do it like you. That's how you, your mindset is. And you want everything to be right. You want it to be how you want it to be. Um, and I learned early on that, okay, I'm not as good as things as I thought I was. Like I definitely hired Devin early on. Okay. Cause Devin is a beast with the graphics and the video editing and everything. And I'm just like, I personally don't have the time. Like I don't have the patience to do certain things. Like 
I feel like I had the patience to do the things that I want to do and the things that I'm not so much interested in. I don't have the patience to do that stuff. And that's just how life works. I'm like, how do I have the patience to sit 20 hours and make a shag, but I can't sit and learn how to edit a video? I don't know. But sometimes you got to just give it to the people that are passionate about those things because they're going to kill it, you know? And I had to also think about too, like, you're thinking in the mindset of nobody is going to do it like you and you don't want anyone to mess up your baby. But at the same time, Devin would never allow me to put out some content that he wasn't proud of too. So it's like, even if you work with someone else and you bring someone else in to help you, they don't want to mess up their name either most of the time. So I had to also learn that too. When people are about their business, honey, they don't want to mess up their name either. So they're not going to intentionally, you know, mess up what you have going on. So that's why I learned like, okay, it is okay to delegate. It is okay to teach people what you want. Um, I mean, I'm I'm still in my close-knit family, so I haven't jumped like Raven has with hiring a whole other like editing service with people that she's never met before or anything. But I mean, as I continue to expand, I know that I'm going to have to hire a lot of different services to help me get this thing going, like to keep it going rather, because sometimes it's just hard when it's a one-man show or even if it's a five-man show, because I'm like, I do have a support system, but you know, we, we all, we all can't do everything too. So it's nice to have help. Um, if you are managing two businesses right now, just keep, just keep working. Okay. Don't be too hard on yourself because you know, a lot of people don't run two businesses. Some people do, but a lot of people don't. Some people just have one or some people don't even want to run a business at all. Like they're just working a regular job, which is fine too. So it's all a learning experience. Don't beat yourself up about it. Just go with the flow. Learn as you go. Implement the things that you've learned. Just keep going. And so we keep going. Mm. Have y'all seen episode seven? Hmm. That's my tea. Literally, that's my tea. Did you get that, Devin? You got that? You got it. Tragic. Mm. I'm drinking my teamy, my teamy tea today. I mixed teamy with another tea today and it tastes good, but I have my teamy tumbler here today. Okay. Make sure you guys are checking out my YouTube description box for all of my affiliate links and everything. I have discount codes for a few places for you guys. Teamy, get suckered. Um, Bel Air and Co. I have an Amazon store as well. So y'all can see like all of my lip gloss faves, all of my um, filming equipment faves. I also just created us a podcast faves. Okay. Cause Devin, do you know that people are reaching out to me saying that I'm inspiring them to make a podcast? Did you know that? It's a pretty good podcast, man. You are producing a podcast, man. So yeah, I made a podcast faves list on my Amazon store as well, just with some of the equipment that we have in here. Not all of it, because I didn't even have a link for all of it, but I'll continue to update my Amazon store. But yeah, check out all of my descriptions and stuff on YouTube. But yeah, so that was our last question, right? Yeah, that was it. All right, cool. So... That is it for this episode, you guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow me on all of my social media platforms and join the K-Squad. Make sure y'all follow Devin as well. Um, I always have all of our information listed down below. Make sure you are shopping 
Smudge Cosmetics, Cozy Season, Support Our Breast Cancer Awareness Gloss, Rosé, Shop Crochet by K because we got shags, we got sweaters, and we got a few little new pieces that are going to be dropping very soon. Also, make sure you're following the Crochet by K Instagram because your girl is about to be posting consistently over there as well. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you give this video a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to my channel down below. Follow me on all of the podcast platforms. Also, subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts. Leave me a review and a five-star rating. I love you guys so much, and I will see you all in episode nine.